Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the New Life Podcast. I am your host, Margie Connor, and I am the New Life Coach. I have a very special guest here with us today. She is my spiritual mother and one of my favorite people in the world. We have Vanessa Weichberger. Vanessa, say hello. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So um, Vanessa and I are here to do a follow-up episode together um, about healing the mother wound. I had just done an episode about the mother wound and how it manifests, but part of my issue with all of these podcasts that come up about the mother wound is I never give... They never give tips on how to heal it. And I think that Vanessa and I, through our dynamic relationship, have been able to heal both of our mother wounds in each other. And so I was hoping to have a conversation with you, Vanessa, about that. Great. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think it's been a magical journey between you and I and such a huge blessing. I focused, I think, from a young age when I realized that... Um, my own birth mother and I were just such different personalities and just by our natures, we were, we had a lot of tension. Um, And I don't know if she noticed that right away, but I, I was noticing that. And so I did focus a lot of time and energy on the mother wound, but it wasn't until I met you, Margie, that I came in into like a much deeper um, experience of, not just, you know, embodying the mother myself that, you know, and then having, you know, my own children and then you coming in and becoming part of my pack of kids. But it just was um, like a turning point for me that our relationship. So I'm happy you're inviting me on to talk about it. Oh, that makes me that makes me feel so much love. Oh, so I guess just a background on our relationship for my listeners. Um, Vanessa, I think oh, I'm going to speak for you for a second and then you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, Vanessa has three sons, two of which are one's a year older, one's a year younger. And I think her sons and I had always been really good friends. And I think she saw kind of what was going on, the dynamic of my family and that it wasn't healthy. And she did everything in her power to take me in which actually ended up being completely taking me in and to the point that I lived with them from the time I was, I guess I was like 13 and a half, 14 to um, I think I was 16 or 17 when I left and then continued our relationship in this sort of mother-daughter role um, until now. And here we are. Right. And at the time I had just had, Right before, I guess, let's see, 2010, I had Francis. So I had a a two-year-old in the house when Margie came in, and then I had the two older boys. And you're actually right in between them, so it would go, it would have been a natural birth order had I had you myself. Um, Yes. Yeah, and then uh, that, that, you know, I just loved you from the beginning. I thought you were just this amazing joyful exuberant uh sort of uh how do i put it you, you were like this vibrant light source is what it was what it felt like and i recognized that in you immediately but i did see that you were in grief from losing your own mother um and that it was because of the loss of your own mother that i ended up meeting you because you and your sister had come down to uh, Myrtle Beach where I was living and your dad was vacationing there with you. And um, when he, he was, he was going back and forth between Philadelphia and Myrtle Beach. So I was, I had a nice conversation with him and I just said, you know, instead of taking the girls back, why don't you just, you know, leave them here. And uh, I was already homeschooling my first two boys. I said, I'll homeschool them. And, it was very natural kind of way it all worked out. It wasn't, I think it was so natural that I, I don't even think your father even blinked an eye. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so for such a weird scenario, it's amazing how natural it feels. Uh, it's funny. So Vanessa and I actually look a lot alike. And when people see us together, they're like, I will, I'll have people come up to me and they'll be like, oh, you're Vanessa's daughter. Not because they know really of me, just because they think I look just like her. And so it's, it's really amazing how 
like souls kind of travel together and they look alike when they're meant to be family. Well, my heart definitely recognized you. That was, I was having a deep experience when I met you and I didn't know how to navigate it because I didn't understand, you know, I mean, of course I, you have, I have my own children, so I have that experience. But then when I met you, I was like, wow, like in ways I felt deep, more deeply connected to you than I, even my own kids Mm -hmm. had not had a daughter. So, but when I saw your nature, I was like, oh, I recognized myself in you so much that I saw my wounded teenager in you. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, when that awareness came to me, it was like I just knew how to be there for you. I knew exactly what you needed um, because I had gone through a deep wounding in, um, in my teenage years. Wow. I think, and you, you just segued exactly into like the point that I just kind of wanted to bring that it's, you know, so you had this mother wound, right? And it doesn't ever, you know, we have these wounds that we carry. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm damaged. I'm wounded. What am I supposed to do now? But really like what your wound did is it gave you the ability to help and love somebody and also heal more of your wound through that. Because yeah, you worked with your mother and your own relationship with her and, you know, healed the best you could, but there's only so much we can do on our own. And then when these people come into our lives, we're able to understand more of that wounding. And so by seeing me as a teenager, you were able to tap into a part of yourself that had never been healed before and heal on an even deeper level. Oh, definitely. In fact, it went much, I would say it went much further than um, just healing that inner wound. I, through parenting you, I was reparenting my own inner teenager. And, <clears throat> you know, it's a pretty amazing story. I don't know if you want to go into all the details here, here, but, um, uh, by you totally can, I mean, there's, there's no, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> well, I mean, so, uh, the, the situation that, um, your sister and you were in, with your dad um, was much worse than, than I could ever imagine. I didn't even know. I, I mean, when I had you in the house with your sister, you guys, you know, were safe and protected, but you know, it wasn't, it took probably a year for me to start to see, you know, lots of red flags. And then, um, you know, we had done such good work, like, you know, integrating as a family really And then you really having now two brothers and, you know, a little one that you were helping me with, with diapers and this and that. But, you know, the, the amount of joy and, you know, healing that I saw you do just in that first year and then the second year and then have your father then step in and start doing he just ramped up the, the abuse so badly that I, you know, I just saw you, you know, really suffer. And, um, and that's when I knew I was like, at all costs, you know, we have to figure out, you know, how to, to protect you, how to keep you safe. Um, so by doing that, I, I was, I gave to my inner teenager that, that, uh, I guess that permission, I think is the word, permission to be safe, permission to have a voice, permission to be really, truly loved. And, um, <clears throat> and so then just being able to be there for you and whatever it required you know, even at the cost of my own happiness, I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is priority. And I didn't even think anything of it. And so, uh, you know, we ended up, I think at that point, your father had taken you and your sister um, out of my home and had another home that he rented nearby. And, um, when he started really doing abuse, of course, we went to the authorities trying to figure out if we could get you out of that. And when all those roads didn't work, we concocted our own plan, which 
sounds crazy, but we, um, you know, we consulted a therapist and discussed, you know, what would be best and how to go forward in a very simple, smooth way. And just like you came into my life, we got you out of that other life simply by organizing an arranged marriage between you and my oldest son. And of course it was not a real marriage. It was just to uh, get you emancipated by the law so that he couldn't, you know, of course have any right to take you back into the house and do what he was doing. But, um, and so, and he was game for it because he had already come to uh, my husband at the time Kevin and I and had proposed that you know, ludicrous idea <laughs> this idea that Margie would be you know arranged to be married to my oldest son which we thought was crazy and uh, through this whole plan which you know it took three months of planning it and a lot of therapy and a lot of consideration and um I just remember that day at the courthouse, we, we all drove down to the courthouse just to get the, to basically get a courthouse marriage. And so yeah, I was marriage license and leave. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it worked like a charm. I couldn't believe it. We walked in, it happened. We walked out, he was happy. We were happy. And then it was, you know, after that it was project get the sister out because poor thing, she was left there. And so we ended up, in the court system and Margie being the amazing person that she is, even at, I think you were 17 at the time you organized finding the money, finding <laughs> the lawyer, getting all of your uh, older sisters to write every detail in the affidavits. And uh, it was um, on February 25th. I'll never forget mm. all of us in the courtroom. It was a female judge, two female lawyers, and then Margie and I were sitting back in the the benches, and uh, it was magical. It was it was like my heart was just overjoyed when the judge stood up and said, "You know," she said, "It cannot be denied that Miss Connor had to." sacrifice her own son you know to help this young lady and so she granted full custody to your oldest sister and no contact and full child support so I mean that was like the best case scenario I was like I, I mean I was just I was on a high for like <laughs> a year after that I was like you know and I was going through the dark night of the soul myself getting out of a bad marriage so it was by helping you get out of a bad situation that I realized that I too deserved that so um we helped each other in that way yeah and I think we I think what I love so much about our relationship is we continue to help each other because of course I didn't realize it at first and so you mothered me but there was only so much of your mothering and love with all that love that you were giving me there was only so much that I was able to accept. And I can remember a distinct point in our relationship where I really was angry at you. And I had felt like you abandoned me and all of this. And this went on for a couple of years where I just felt disconnected from you. And you and I didn't talk for a while. And um, and it was so painful that I couldn't even think about it. Like it wasn't, I didn't want to, you know, I was always close to um, Vanessa's two sons because they're like my brothers and I'd be like I just don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about mom I don't want to talk about it and it wasn't until I was older and actually started to heal that I realized that my own damaged relationship with my birth mother was what was stopping me from being able to receive the unconditional love that Vanessa really was giving me and so through Vanessa's love and patience as a mother would give I was actually able to love her more wholeheartedly and come back to, and I think her and I have a deeper relationship now than we ever have because of the healing that she was able to do through me and the healing that I was able to do through her. And like, 
so we actually had this scenario come up uh, a couple weeks ago where I was feeling a certain way about something she did and it was like upsetting me and I didn't know what to do about it. And I wasn't going to say anything. And I was like really bothered by it, but it was because of a real, something that with my own, my mother always competed with me. It was always like, Oh, you know, like one day you're not going to be as pretty cause you're going to get old kind of thing. Or it's, you know, it was always something that she was competing with me in some way. And so Vanessa and I had this scenario happen where I felt like Vanessa was competing with me. And because of the healing that I've done with my own mother wound, which includes feeling everything, you know, it's, it's going through and, and Vanessa, I want to get your take on how you healed your own mother wound and what that took from you, but took for you. But so through all my healing, I was actually able to, it took a while. Vanessa was texting me and she was like, is something going on with you? I can feel it. And finally I said, okay, yeah, there is something going on. And her and I were able to have this conversation as two adults. And I realized in that moment that the thing that was keeping me from bringing this issue up to her was not Vanessa at all, because she in my life has always been this pillar of love and support. And so because I had these preconceived notions of my own mother wound and how Vanessa would react, you know, my mother was very volatile. And so I expected her to have some volatile reaction that would really damage our relationship. And so I was, I wasn't, I didn't want to say anything at first, but through my own healing, I brought this to her. And then Vanessa in her like beautiful way. And as a mother would was able to hold space for me and say, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Of course that isn't how it is. And give me the reassurance that little Margie, you know, little baby Margie needed. And I just think it's, like, I want to use this story because it's so amazing to see what happens when you unlearn the patterns that you've created and that you step outside of yourself, that you're really able to bring closeness in your relationships for the people who truly want to be there for you. I think I pushed Vanessa away for so long as much as she loved me because I was so afraid that she was going to hurt me. And through healing the relationship with my birth mother, I am now actually able to have a real relationship of like a mother daughter connection of like pure love. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's great. I don't even know if you knew that much came out of that situation. You probably did on some level, but actually I was, uh, very, uh, moved and because I've done a tremendous amount of work on myself since, you know, we had to kind of part ways a little, little while because I realized that, um, you know, I had a lot of um, just so many child. I had been repressed in my my last relationship. So when when I when you got free and I was able to get free, I was able to finally feel all my feelings and feel my triggers and then go in and bring that awareness. So when I saw you step forward and owning your your emotions identifying your triggers identifying your abandonment and wh where they came from was it mother was it sister was it father and all these things i was just so proud of you because i was like wow like this is great i mean she's like you know way ahead of the game and um you were very you, it was i could tell it was very difficult to navigate because they were really core feelings um especially with the abandonment. I mean, you lost, you know, your mom to suicide. And then, you know, the, it was very dramatic on how my marriage ended and, and, and then your relationship, your father ended and it was ha all happening at the same time. It was just an unbelievable melting pot of drama. Um, they could probably write a book about it. <laughs> just that little period of our lives. We can write a book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's like your your capacity to go from you know being that suppressed and wounded and abused to you know I can stand and speak my voice you know and share the scariest feelings and then and and not you know project them onto another person own them but also be vulnerable enough to like say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. And, and, 
you know, I know it, it takes an incredible amount of courage to reveal that, especially when, you know, the person that you're talking to, you, you know, you, you feel like, you know, it's because of them that this has come up, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, but um, what you did and what you continue to do is what the world needs right now. And you are becoming a beautiful example for all women and for, you know, mothers and shout out to all the moms who are doing their best right now. Um, but I, I've just got this gift of you to be able to, you know, see, see what it's like in this mother daughter relationship and heal my own mother wound by loving you and having served you in that way. And I just had those, those few years to do it. And now you're, I mean, you're, you're grown and you're going a million miles an hour and I can't keep up with you. (laughs) (laughs) I love, and I, I really, well, that was, I I never know what to say when you, you're so good. She knows my love language, which is words of affirmation. I never know really how to respond because she always says it. Her heart speaks so perfectly when she, when she talks to me. So it makes me not know what to say next, but (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa actually used to send me like long texts of how much she loved me and how much she appreciated me. And then I just wouldn't answer until one day, one day I called her and I was like, Hey, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's just that I'm so overwhelmed with love that I don't know how to respond to these messages. (laughs) Which I had no idea about. I was like, well, but I'm, I'm, I was, you know, I've, I've reached a place in my life where I've, you know, I'm not really expecting, you know, a certain response back necessarily. I mean, of course, if I'm giving love and someone's going to be, you know, upset about it, then, <laughs> <laughs> then I might back off. But, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm not looking for a certain response. In other words, it's it's it really is been always with you unconditional. I and, and and I can't say that, you know, has been that way with everybody that I've met. I mean, it's just been natural with you. And um, I just feel blessed to yeah, have that. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about this podcast and what you're going to talk about. And I was just thinking like, I, I, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I feel like you and I have such an amazing mother daughter relationship that not everybody gets the opportunity to have, you know, but then I, then I ask myself, is it because they haven't done the healing that's necessary or is it just because the, like the, the situation hasn't presented itself? I mean, I kind of lean more on the side if I think maybe there's more healing internally, because if you and I didn't go on our own journeys of healing ourselves, we wouldn't have the relationship that we have now. And so I want to ask you, Vanessa, I feel like a lot of women you know, I'm coming from a different perspective than you are. I feel like a lot of women have kids and then they might realize, oh, I have a mother wound and it's like, oh, how, what do I do with it now? You know, I'm, I'm a different story. I'm younger. I don't have anyone rely. I don't have humans relying on me. And so I want to know how you, while being a mother, healed this part of yourself because sure, may, maybe you missed parts along the way and as your kids got a little older, you did deeper healing, but you were still a mother the whole time and you had to be a better version of yourself every day through this process. Uh, I think for me, it's very much a heart journey. Like, you know, I definitely think that every parent and Margie, when you become a parent, you'll probably discover this too. You're like, the first thing you say when you know you get pregnant is you're like, okay, I'm not going to be anything like my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this differently. <laughs> it's going to be great. You know, and, and then, and then you get the wild child, you know, and uh, you get the child that's the monkey. And then you get the child that's like Margie who wants to do yoga at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, uh, you know, the, the son that likes to debate or argue about everything. And I, so I think for me, though, uh, it was, you know, I, I wasn't so much like comparing my motherhood, say, to my own mother's style of mothering. Um, 
I think when I became a mother, it was such a heart journey and I just loved my kids so much. Um, and I think, of course, every mother is going to relate to that. I mean, you, the moment you hold your child for the first time, you're like, okay, this is a, a love on a whole nother level. Like, and of course, you know, my relationship to God was also an amazing journey, which you know, maybe we could talk about on another episode. But um, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, but you know, having having you guys, it just it what it, what it did was is I had so much love. It was always asking the best of me, and I wanted to rise up to whatever I felt was the most loving for each of you and meeting you where you were at each one of you. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm kind of a more of a positive personality type and I recognize that in you. Um, and so I, it felt like the fun factor just went up exponentially. I think when you came in to the house, but it was like, that was such a joy. I think what it was is I, you were able to help me come in contact with that joy, that joy of expressing that unconditional love, the service, the, the, you know, the creating of this beautiful family structure and doing so many adventures and, you know, games and, you know, all of these things together while being super responsible with God, at one point I had like five teenagers. Oh, they were more than that. Our house was like a revolving door. I'm not kidding. It was like Vanessa would wake up in the morning and she didn't know how many kids she was feeding breakfast because we just had every kid on the block over. (laughs) That's true. We were the the house that everybody came to. Um, And then uh, I think, I think through that process and I, and I love to be busy. So it was, it was, uh, it was probably looking back now, I was like, you know, it was so much work. And, and at the same time, there was so many different emotions and relationships being navigated, but it was, it was so full mm-hmm. and, uh, and really a highlight of my life. I mean, looking back, I'm like, wow, like that's a period that I'll never, ever, ever forget. And, and, uh, it was so precious. And the fact that I was able to be a stay at home mom and be there with you guys, you know, um, it was just magical really. And you would think with all the drama going on that, you know, I would look back and want to forget it, but no. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, Vanessa and I both follow, um, Mara Baba, who I've talked about on the podcast prior, but there was a part of his life that he called the new life. And it was like a very hard time. They gave up all possessions and sort of lived a life of um, begging. And uh, one of his close ones later in his life was describing the new life. And somebody asked him how he lived out the hardships of it. And he said, it wasn't, it wasn't hard at all because we were just with love. You know, we were just so encompassed with love that it didn't matter. And that's almost how I feel about that part of my life is like, if you look at it from the outside perspective, it was the worst time of kind of both of our lives, really. Right. But there was so much love that was being shared that it was just a place of healing and joy. It's true. I mean, we had to make all our meals from scratch. We never went out to eat. We were eating like rice and dal, like three yeah. Times I, a week. Maybe this is TMI, but I just want everyone to know Vanessa's an amazing budgeter. And so just <laughs> us. You know, she, so it was four kids all the time. It was myself, Naraya and Jalal, and then Francis, the, the children. And then it was her ex-husband and herself. And then whatever other kid we picked up on the block. And Vanessa budgeted that all for $600 a month. That's all groceries, <laughs> gas, utilities, everything. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but so I never amazing. felt, I never felt like we were like, needing like any I mean it it felt really like we had everything we needed I mean granted we didn't have to drive really that far we went to the center across the street which is like two miles down the road so um yeah but yeah I mean looking back I was like just the the um I mean I was doing seven loads of laundry a day I was (laughs) cooking you know three to four meals a day and we were doing, you know, Francis and diapers and potty training and, you know, all of that. But it, it was, 
it was a blur of happiness and joy. And, and it wasn't until looking back, I think having the perspective, looking back, you know, and I it didn't really take it personally when you had to separate from me and you had to have that distance. Um, because I, I went through that with my own mom. I, I did, I think it was almost, gosh, six years or something. I didn't speak to her. Yeah. So I actually, I want to ask you because I want to title this episode, how to heal the mother wound. And I feel like you and I have talked about how great it is to have a healed mother wound, but I want to get into the nitty gritty of how to do it. And so how, if you're comfortable, how would you describe the process of beginning to heal your own mother wound and then where your relationship is with your mother now? Right. So, I mean, first of all, I think that's completely dependent on your openness to look within and really find those particular specific wounds. Um, And I think that if you're not ready for that, they're not going to really come up. Mm. Um, And then when you do find one, don't be disappointed because underneath that one is another one. And then underneath that one is another one. And it's like layers, right? So you're you're looking at them and they're peeling off. Um, and I think it's a blend. I think life brings you the situations where you, if you are not able to define what it inwardly on an emotional level, then you'll manifest it, you know, in a relationship externally. Um, and when you find yourself either projecting or upset, you know, with somebody because of something, and if you could stop, you know, and really go, wait a minute is this really about that person or is it really, let me look at my relationship with my mom. And I think doing that like regularly, like I certainly did a lot of that, like stop, think, dive. If I had a trigger at all, stop, think, dive in. Where would I see this thing playing out before? Like it, can I go back in my own childhood and identify this specifically? Um, and I think with my own mom, a lot of healing came when I just let go of who I wanted her to be um, and just accepted more of who she was. And um, I did a lot of work on letting go of identifying as a victim. So um I once I really, really dove into shifting to the fact that I co-created, you know, my circumstances, you know, even and and through my perspectives, through my own, wherever I had control, right? Because obviously, as a child, you don't have total control um, of everything. But really, just owning my thoughts, my perspective, how I was showing up and letting my mom off the hook for, you know, things that I just, you know, had issues with forever. Um, Mm. And then when I did that, I saw my, actually, my birth mom ended up showing up differently in my life. And I didn't really have to have a conversation with her or try to navigate it. I mean, it's, it's great that you and I can have this conversation and this is, this is sort of, it's interesting, but when I let go of my birth mom, like having this relationship with me, like I have with you, then all of a sudden I had it with you, mm. you know, wow. where, yeah, we could dive deep, share emotionally, you know, have common ground to share from. Um, I'm just on the flip side of it. Right. But, yeah. but we, yeah. So I, you know, I feel like we will, as we're choosing to open and grow through our mother wounds, you know, pay attention to both inside and outside. And I think it's like an intuitive road. You know, you can't say do this, but specifically, I think you'll get guided. Um, I found that when I couldn't have a relationship with my own mother, I would manifest. I had a spiritual mother myself and, um, she and I were very emotionally close and we, uh, and I didn't realize how much of a support she really was in my life until she passed away. 
mm-hmm. and she passed away in my when I was in my um, 30s and uh, I used to reach out to her like every month or two and we'd do a check-in and all we do is talk about Mirababa and we talk about you know seeing Mirababa's love in our lives and she never knew anything really about my personal life details like I didn't we were just so focused on this beautiful love sharing that we had between the two of us and, and acknowledging that beautiful blossom of love in each other's hearts that it just felt like that's the place that we wanted to go every time. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize how, how beneficial and what, what a, what a unique experience that was at the time. And then she passed away and then I was like, wow, there's no one else that really filled that role again that way. Yeah. Um, and now you know, that I, I can be with you, I can certainly, I mean, we have a much more broad spectrum relationship, I would say, than most mother-daughter. Yeah, I actually think our relationship started very much in the practical. You know, you kind, I think most spiritual mother, adopted mother sort of relationships start more in the, just the love sharing that you talked about. Ours started in such a practical way of you were my physical mother. You know, you like all of a sudden you were doing my laundry. You were, you know, making me food. And, uh, you know, I was in your house. And I think the love actually came later, which is really there was always love. But our emotional bonds was built later after the practical part was already there. And so now we have this amazing blend of both. That, you know, we have a very practical relationship where we're in our day-to-day, we don't live near each other, but we're in our day-to-day lives. And we also have such a deep heart connection because of that. And I'm so grateful. Um, but I think in, in what you just said, you, I mean, everything that I was already thinking about that I wanted to say and point out, it's like the number one thing you can ever do is be aware. It's, you know, it's, it's not like there's anything wrong with myself or you or your mother or my mother. It's just that we've created these patterns of who we think our mothers are supposed to be. And then what we do is we attract people like her again so we can keep getting mad at her for not showing up. And that's what I kept doing. And even in my blindness, I painted you in that. I painted you as her because I was still so angry at her for being who she was that until I accepted her fully then I could finally have a working relationship with you. And then really interesting. I think this is something that women who even are probably women and men that I never thought this experience would happen with you. And it took me so by surprise and knocked me off my feet that I was almost like speechless. I didn't know what to do. I was so, I got knocked off kilter that, so I had this experience of sort of grieving my own mother and being okay with the separation from her and loving her for who she is. You know, I acknowledge that she was severely mentally ill and she did the best she could, but it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I needed. And so I have the, I gave myself permission myself that and find people in my life who wanted to give me that as well. And then with you, I was like so excited to show up in our relationship, this new healed version of myself. And all of a sudden I was fucking pissed at you. Because you, well, Vanessa came out to visit me in Arizona um, in, when was it, April? Yeah. Yeah, April. And I was so excited to see her. I had, like, all these things planned. And she got here, and suddenly Vanessa was no longer the, like, ideal mother that she was when I was, you know, 14 years old, playing this role of like taking care of me and orchestrating activities and being the the kind of soccer mom personality that she was. And she was living her life. And I remember her like meeting her own needs and just being in her own essence was making me so angry because I was like, what the heck? What about me? I'm your kid. You're supposed to take care of me. And so I had to go through that process all over again with Vanessa. And I think this is something that if we truly heal with all of our mothers or, you know, everyone goes through this with their mother where they realize that their mother is. And you have to be totally okay with who she is and how she shows up. 
because you're an adult who can take care of yourself and give yourself all the love you deserve. And she's a person who can give you or who can give herself all the love she deserves. And then I think in the last, so that was what, uh, six months ago, like in the last six months, our relationship has transformed yet again, where I'm like, I feel like I'm relearning all of these things about you, Vanessa, because I'm finally, after all this time, getting to meet you where you're at and fall in love with you for being more than just the person who took me on as, as their kid. Wow. That's very profound. Uh, it's so amazing. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know Vanessa was like that. And my first reaction, you know, a couple, even a year ago would have been, well, Vanessa's not allowed to like that. That doesn't put her in the box of mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's natural. I think, yeah, you're, what you're describing is, you know, what happens, I think, just naturally with, you know, moms moms and their kids, you know, the, the kids grow up and then they see their parent, you know, from an adult's eyes. It's, it's a whole different thing. But I think it's really... Um, it's really true there, you know, I, of course I didn't realize in April that you were having that big of a, a shift. That's a pretty profound. Oh my shift. gosh. It was massive. I was so angry at you and I didn't know what to do about it. Cause I knew it was irrational. Right. Like I was recognizing that I was triggered, but I was like trying to deal with it. Like with it. Cause I knew it wasn't you. I didn't want to take it out on you. No, but I love, I love that you're, you're having your anger. Right. And you're not shaming yourself for your anger. You're just like, Oh my gosh. Like it's just, <laughs> I'm having a lot of anger, you know, it's like, <laughs> and then you're like, where is that coming from? You know? <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. Well, this was so good. Just so you guys know, Vanessa is normally like when you talk to her in person, she's the most talkative, outgoing, like, fun-loving, joke-making, loud-laughing human you'll ever met meet. But then if you, like, put her on stage, it's like she her mind just goes blank. And so this <laughs> podcast is, like, the most fluidly, beautifully talkative that Vanessa has ever been on one of these recorded things. And I'm so happy. <laughs> and you did such a good job. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that um, sometimes if I dive deep, you know, it's like, okay, wait, I have to also you know, be present to articulate and kind of oversee everything that that's being said to me. But um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a good flow. I think yeah. I've just, um, I think, you know, when I, when I became a mother, the first thing I thought was, and this is actually really true. They put Narayan, well, and I had a home birth with Narayan and, and um, I lifted him up and I was, holding him on my stomach and I remember looking around the room and I'm like wow I was like women are spiritual warriors oh this is this is like you know this is not a normal everyday experience this is an incredible you know journey um and then I just want to recognize that you know it's not just you know I had that same experience when you walked in the door it wasn't you didn't have to be a newborn. You walked in the door of my home and I was like, wow, you know, it was like, mm. I had that same kind of experience I had when I first became a mom was that just kind of like this. Um, I think it's a, it, it's a blossoming of, you know, a part of, of myself that, you know, is just a, uh, all about service, nurturing, self-sacrifice, you know, and I just loved that journey of going from the Vanessa who used to have all the attention, you know, from her grandparents or whoever to, you know, now it's, you know, all about you guys. And then, you know, it was just, you know, there is a conscious shift for that, but I was just like, wow, like, you know, this is something I could never, ever have predicted or tried to imagine, you know, the, the journey that I've had, um, becoming a mother, healing mother wound, now going through this journey with you. And I'm looking forward to, to all of our years ahead. I think, you know, 
imagine if this is where we're at now, where we'll be, you know, in 10 years. I know. You might be a grandmother. What? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But (laughs) that would be, that would be an amazing experience. (laughs) I I have no expectations though. (laughs) We shall see. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, that being said, I think the key is, I think to understand that everyone has a mother wound on some level, because there's no way that your mother can show up for you in the exact perfect way that the, your sky high expectation is, but that's not a bad thing. Like, I feel like so much of what I kind of don't like about this healing culture that has happened is like, I have this mother wound. I have to identify with all this pain for the rest of my life. And I always have this wound. And it's like, no, it's actually our wounds are the places that we have the biggest and most incredible opportunity for love. And I can honestly say that I would never, ever, ever want to take back or change. Like it's not, you know, I, I don't think the trauma ever should happen but I would never change what happened in my life because the ability and amount that my cup of love is able to hold is so much bigger than if I didn't have that wounding. And so I'm so grateful for it because it allows me to love you on such a deeper level. And I mean, I really hope that for everybody. Yeah. Well, that's a key point that you pointed out about the, the pain, right? So, um, it's the suffering that carves out our heart to, you know, to hold a greater capacity for love. So, you know, it's, uh, all that struggle and the pain that you went through losing your own mom and going through your journey and then my journey. I mean, it was, it was all and all of it together. I just feel, you know, I'm like, wow, we got to go through that pain and suffering together and grow in that love together. So that was, you know. I think, I think uh, you know, people can isolate themselves, um, you know, in these journeys um, just to avoid, you know, feeling the pain or avoid having to face certain things or deal with certain characters. And, there, and just to be clear, you know, I do have a father figure that I have terminated a relationship with because they were toxic. So, um you know, for anybody who's listening to this, you know, I certainly understand when mental health issues get to the point that, you know, it would be toxic. But um, like, you know, I think what Margie and I are bringing to the table here is the fact that, you know, you will find a person in your life that um, will love you enough and, and be brave enough to stand with you through the the storms of the heart and, you know, be able to navigate and dissolve those traumas and pains and and come out the other side with all this beautiful conversation like we're having right now this podcast and you're worthy of that love i think the key is understanding that the inability of your mother or father whoever it is in your life to love you the way you're supposed to be loved doesn't mean that you are not supposed to love yourself the way you're supposed to be loved which inherently attracts people to love you the way that you deserve yes that's a that's a you're making such great points Marnie. i know but we have to close up (laughs) 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 okay well i won't say anymore (laughs) because okay if you have one more thing you can share one more thing (laughs) i'll give you one more thing thing and that's it go ahead No, now I feel put on the spot. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you just said, just reiterate what you said. Because I think if I you did. if you take the time to understand that you need to love yourself the way you truly deserve. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Oh, yes. Love yourself. So that is that is a really good ending point. I would I want to say that. Um, at some point, when I stopped looking out at my own mother and I stopped looking at myself and putting myself on, you know. Uh, some sort of like high expectation zone when super critical and all that I you know at some point I just let go of all that and uh, I started uh, this journey of writing nonviolent communication letters um, to people but never giving them the letter and the reason I did that was because 
I didn't understand truly what I needed, right? So I was often angry at others and my mom in particular, but not even knowing what I was really asking for because I didn't know what I needed. And so when I sat down and wrote these nonviolent communication letters, they force you to actually state your need. And I remember I could write the observation, super easy. I could write the feeling, no problem. Need, I would sit there for a long, long time. And so I did six months of just writing these NVC letters for myself. And then when I would find my need, I would ask myself, is this something that I could give myself? And uh, almost 90% of the time it was yes. Mm-hmm. I could give that to myself. And that's how I reparented myself um, in those, I think, however many years that we were separate, you know, so between you igniting that I could, I could really love myself for the first time in a, in a big shift kind of way, which I did with my life. And then in every day, in every moment, write these little letters and discover just what I needed. And I think that that's where God's voice is, is in the need because he would he would want us to meet our needs and he is there to meet our needs and so i think that's where the joining of the divine spirit and our soul connects on that deep level is through need and that's my final point <laughs> that i'm so glad that that came out of you <laughs> <laughs> Well, Vanessa, this has been so, so amazing. This was even better than I imagined it going. So thank you so much for making time to do this. Yes. And thanks for having me on. I feel honored. Of course. I love you too. We'll have to do another one just on your life, not just about our relationship. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. I hope that you felt some of the love here and um, I will talk to you guys soon. Everybody have a good week.